For MeatPoultry.com, I'm Ryan McCarthy, Digital Media Associate Editor. Sue Carne, a multinational processor based out of Mexico, continues to grow its business around Latin America and the United States. It's one of the reasons why the company is the subject of our September cover story for Meat Poultry Magazine. Editor Joel Cruz traveled to Mexicali, Mexico, a border town near San Diego, to see the operation at one of Sue Carne's plants. Cruz found a facility that features expansive pens for cattle with a state-of-the-art operation that could stand up to any in the U.S. In this episode of the podcast, Cruz and I chat about how Sue Carne got to the position where they want to become a larger player in North America. We also discuss the standards and practices the company uses to ensure it meets all the American meat regulations. Finally, we discuss Sue Carne's next move in the U.S. market and whether meat poultry will be covering other Mexican processing plants in the future. We are back on the podcast here, and once again, we are joined by Joel Cruz, the editor of Meat and Poultry. Joel, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a, an exciting story to talk about, and I look forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. This, this Sue Carne, we've been uh, doing a lot of different things around it, around our company, and we're excited to share some of them. But first of all, Joel, I wanted you to explain a little bit about how you got to Sue Carne. It's in Mexicali, Mexico. Take me a little bit through of how you guys found this place and why you wanted to uh, do the Mexican market here. Right. We, um, a few years back at one of the, uh, went back when uh, NAMI was the American Meat Institute, they had a big presence at one of their big trade shows. This has been gosh, five or six years ago. And at that time, we'd hoped to um, make some connections with them, and we did, and hopefully to get into a plant, one of their plants, and that just kind of never transpired. They kind of went dark, and I think they were kind of reconfiguring their strategy, and now they've we approached them again just recently, and they invited us to see some of their plants. And this, the one in uh, Mexicali, Mexico, turned out to be the the one that we toured. And it's actually right across the. We flew into San Diego, went right across the border, about a two and a half hour drive to the Mexicali plant. So that's that's the uh, short version of that story. Sure. And it was not. It was a pretty hot day there too. It sounded like <laughs> the whole time you were there. Yeah, it's a pretty hot place to live, and it was in early July and literally I think I mentioned this in the story which is in our September issue that the the day we got there it was literally 117 Fahrenheit wow. and it was you know what they say about dry heat but it was hot. <laughs> Very hot I'm sure. Um, in the story you discussed uh, about Sukarni has a lot of control over their product um, which I thought was an interesting aspect. Can you take us through what does it mean to have the overall product and processors where they control uh, six months of the cow um, right. to, up until slaughtered. I seemed like that was a, an interesting point that I had seen in there. Yeah, and that was, that's unique. Um, there's there's not a lot of that that you'll see at a, on a large scale in the, in the U.S. market or even uh, on the, in the European market that they all their plants that they maintain in Mexico are, are literally vertically integrated. So they, they are, they are uh, cattle, they, they buy young cattle every day, deliver them to, to their plants. They have five plants in Mexico. They deliver them there, and the cattle are there. The young cattle are there from um, the day they arrive until about, usually it's about 170 days, almost six months later, until they're slaughtered, once they get to a target weight of about 1,100 pounds. So, and they come in at two, I think around two, 200 kilos. So okay. a little over 200 pounds. Gotcha. Um, t- uh, talk to me a little bit about 
how this this plant looked and how it compared to a lot of other processors that you've you've seen in uh, the American market. Yeah, so the 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 whole process was kind of goes back to what the question you asked before. It's it's all about maintaining this the the, the control and and all eyes on the animals as they arrive at the plant. There's there's a you know the uh, at the same site that where where they're fed. There's also a uh, obviously a slaughter plant and a further processing facility, but there's also the feedlot, which is made up of about 1,100 different pens that the that the cattle progress through as they age, and then um, as part of that, they're they're fed feed that is produced at a feedlot that's also on the same site. And in uh, Mexicali, that that facility was about I think it was 225 acres, something like that. It's a big, yeah. big complex. So that's kind of the the uh, the the focus is all, all on the on the animals and maintaining the you know control of the animals, making sure that there's they're being treated well, they're staying healthy, they're gaining weight, and being productive as they can while they're on feed. And then once they get in into the plant, then um, obviously it's it feels like you're back in the U.S. and you're seeing you know it's it's a it's kind of a stark contrast from going outside to inside because you feel like you're in Mexico and you're outside, and you go inside and it feels like a a U.S. plant. A lot of American else. influence on on that Absolutely. on that second part, yeah. Um, and Joel, talk to me a little bit about the meat process themselves and how they get it over to the U.S. border. It sounds like that they use a lot of USDA inspection and making sure that it holds up to the standards that everything that you see in the American market too. Right. So, so of of the two point eight billion dollars in sales, they do they they currently have about. 700 million of that is is to U.S. Uh, either processors or further processors, and they, they do some business with some some food service distributors as well. So they're already doing a pretty sizable amount in the U.S. So they they have to comply with all the food safety standards um, that that everyone's required to do to, to import any meat into the U.S. And that include, includes like uh, you know ISO 9001. They have uh, inspectors, USDA inspectors. That, that visually inspect all the, the shipments that come across the border and then I believe it's that 10% is is actually sampled so they're they're subject to that as well so and and the uh, gentleman that, that kind of led our tour his name's Edwin Batero he uh, he, he leads the, the US effort he's the president of the US division of Sioux Kearney he he was uh, adamant about the fact that they're doing everything they need to do to to meet the standards of, of the Walmarts and the McDonald's of the world, right? It, but it's it's that that part of that hump of getting over that uh, or passing it, sharing that information and the uh, validity of what they're doing in in the plants as far as food safety and uh, GMPs is what they're trying to get the word out about because they are a legitimate beef processor. He calls them a world class, you know, a first world processor that's ready to to share what they have with with the rest of the industry globally for but, sure but you know they're and they're able to share you know pass along a lot of savings that other companies can't yeah i was going to ask you about that why did sue carne feel like this was the the time to make a big push towards uh the american market did it feel like they've always been in the market but did it feel like that they were really trying to get a, a bigger foothold there now too yeah i think they're what their uh end game is is to be the they want to be they don't want they know there's a, almost a saturation of you know, premium programs and, and retailers in the U.S. and there's there's plenty of, you know, they don't want to be the next CAB, you know, the next, you know, prime uh, super premium product. They're, 
they want to be that kind of that that second tier uh, go to select brand uh, program for for a retailer or a handful of retailers in the U.S. and, and not the you know not the Marianos of the world or the or the uh, uh, Kroger's necessarily, but kind of the second tier the grocery stores that are you know the smaller mid sized chains, and they want to they want to be able to offer um, their whole. Uh, initiative is to put you know put more stakes on more people's plates in an affordable way and a quality way and like the the obstacle that a lot of retailers come across is that there's not enough there's not a steady enough supply the price isn't always as consistent as it could be and they're offering these things as well you know all the quality attributes the the uh, stability and supply as well as you know a, a good eating product right uh, tell me a little bit about their reach in Latin America and and kind of where they're all they're all situated uh, throughout that area. Yeah, so they have uh, five processing plants in throughout Mexico, including the one I saw in uh, in Mexicali. The biggest one and most recent one is in Monterrey, and they built that in 2015. And supposedly, it's the biggest that's it's built as being the biggest. Uh, beef plant in the world, and they spent about uh, well over five hundred million dollars, like a half billion dollar plant. It's huge. With uh, their capacity there, I think is upwards of uh, about thirteen hundred head a day. Um, and th- so those are the, the two of the bigger plants. They have uh, three others across Mexico, and then in two thousand fifteen, they also built a, a new plant in uh, Nicaragua. Okay. So they have they have six points total five in in Mexico. Yeah, you know, Joel. Uh, while we're wrapping up here, I was just curious what you were thinking about uh, a big takeaway from this, and wondering if you guys were interested, if we're interested in meat poultry and covering more of these Mexican processing plants in the future. I know we're very focused most of the time on our American coverage and American plants that we have to do, but was it an interesting experience and something that we might revisit in the future? Yeah, and I think what most people, well, what was new to me and maybe our supplier partners probably are totally aware of this, but there's a lot of familiar familiar um, activities and, you know, names that you'll see in the in the plants and, and processes that, that look and feel and, you know, sound just like what we'd see here in the in the U.S. from the, you know, they, they use, they're a big uh, customer of Morell's, of Burko, Chad, of Trife, of Multivac, of Driver. I mean, there's, there's companies that, that we see in those plants that you know that, that they're doing the very same things that we see here in the U.S. on a, on almost if if not a bigger scale in most cases. So I think there's companies like them. There there's not a bunch of them of their scale and their size in Mexico, but I think that market warrants watching. And we have a good partner now in Sucarni, and, and I think um, keeping an eye on you know they they can help us keep our ear ear to the ground on you know what's going on in that in the Mexican market and. In Latin America in general, because they they do serve the entire world already, and they're just hoping to to really you know have a bigger foothold in the U.S. That's kind of their their most immediate priority. Sounds good. Yeah, it's it, it's an exciting chapter that we're we're excited to get started here at Meat Poultry. So Joel, thanks for taking a few minutes uh, to go over it. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, and uh, we look forward to getting any feedback from uh, from our readers or our supplier community about the the story that, like I said, it's the cover story in our September issue. So. Um, look for that and it'll be online as well. So Sounds thanks good. so much. Make sure to check out the latest stories in the print edition of Meat Poultry Magazine and online at meatpoultry.com. 
Follow us on social media on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, all by searching at me poultry. Also, if you like the podcast, please leave a rating and review. All right, that's it for this time, folks. Thanks for listening and have a great day.